0: Welcome, everyone, to the Garden Nerd Tip of the Week podcast, where garden nerds from around the world talk shop, share stories, and offer their favorite tip. I'm your host, Christy Wilhelmy. Real quick, before we get started, you've been listening to us. Now we want to listen to you. Please go to gardennerd.com/podcast-survey. That's g-a-r-d-e-n-e-r-d.com/podcast hyphen, survey, S-U-R-V-E-Y, to share your thoughts with us. Tell us a little bit more about you and what you want to hear from us in an upcoming episode. Now on with the show. This week, I'm excited to talk with Rick Nemias of Food Forward. Before founding Food Forward, Rick was an award-winning photographer and writer with a focus on telling the stories of marginalized communities. He's been the executive director of Food Forward and is now the CEO, and he's been helping them win gobs of innovation awards, and he currently serves on the leadership circle of the LA Food Policy Council. Rick, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Christy.
0: I remember when Food Forward got started way back in 2009, and I thought, what a great concept this is. This is what we need more of in our world, you know? Um, And your work is focused on food justice, access to fresh produce as a human right, which I know a lot of people don't really think of it that way. So how did Food Forward become this answer or solution to the problems you saw out there in the world?
1: Well, I think... You know, if you if you roll back the tape to two thousand eight, two thousand nine, it was a really interesting time. Um, we had just seen our first black president elected. We had just begun a, a real landslide into an ec- economic decline that many of us, I'll include myself in that, had never seen in our lifetime. And there was a whole lot of conflict. It was, I think, a beginning of time where polarization and political points of view really started to take root. And for me, uh, it was a personal journey. I had been a photographer for close to 10 years. I had felt a lot of reward in that from a personal standpoint, but I also um, was starting to see the tide turn a bit financially and like I had some time on my hands and I had come off of volunteering for the Obama campaign, not as you know some, some huge bundle or anything, but just Locally, you know, getting out, canvassing, phone banking and such. I also was volunteering during that election cycle for the um, Prop 8 marriage equality campaign, which affected my personal marriage, which had um, just recently um, been codified by the state. And it was this very weird kind of um, whiplash of, hey, our guy got into the White House and my marriage is now nullified. Right. What the F is going on here? And so I had to take a breath. I kind of got tired of, like, I don't know, the concept of turning other cheek. And I just said, I need to do something, but I need to do something that's local and affecting my community that I can feel the needle move quickly on instead of this massive national or even statewide issue. And You know, thankfully I've had the good fortune as a photographer to work around sustainable food a lot. And it it has always been to me not just a human right, but an amazing canvas on which to be a chef or talk about sustainability or bring community together. And literally a friend at the time was around the corner with a loaded tangerine tree that I had seen year after year, but this year in particular, I was just noticing the fruit falling. Mm -hmm. And our dogs would play and as I walked the dog around the neighborhood I would see more fruit falling from grapefruits to avocados to pomegranates to, in her case it was tangerines and navels. And I just said hey, could I take that fruit to a food pantry, because we were hearing stories and seeing at the same time. We were seeing a resurgence in lines at food pantries like again that rolled back to what our grandparents talked about in the in the depression. And again, living in an area of, of LA that used to be citrus orchards and not orchards, and also LA being this kind of incredibly uh, privileged area around money and sunshine and all the things that go with it, I just was kind of at this place where I needed to start living more toward sharing of what, what I had. And as has become kind of the ethos of food forward share the abundance and i think it comes in infinite number of forms in this case it was taking something from a place of abundance and then sharing it to a place of scarcity and it became very quickly this amazing exercise of being outside in the winter months feeling brisk and invigorated feeling in a two-hour harvest you could see a couple of dozen boxes filled with fruit that would otherwise go to waste. And all the wins in it were just so apparent. It felt great. It was like this endorphin rush. And as I engaged more and more volunteers and friends in it, it became really clear this kind of infectious kind of a cycle that people wanted to be part of, where you were, in a sense, assisting nature and bringing a human side of it in and it just really, it felt, it felt right. There's not a lot of things in life that really feel right on every level where there's no downside and it felt right. And it also felt for me as someone who had been making a living as an artist, which always had its ebbs and flows and ups and downs, that this was the first time that something really got a tailwind to it. Mm -hmm. and had no resistance. It just took off like craziness. And I, I made some great friends really quickly. You know, you talk about, you know, being a, a garden geek. You know, mm-hmm. we called ourselves fruit ninjas. And <laughs> we just got all into anything that was citrus. We all still have nicknames from from back then. And and it just was like a new tribe of people that I got to hang out with and do good at the same time.
0: You mentioned you mentioned that there's no bad side to it. It I had the same. Yeah conversation with uh dan lamb the president of the arbor day foundations and he said the same thing it's like when it comes to trees there's no downside like nobody nobody hates trees (laughs) yeah
1: and and the more you spend time with them you know i i think there's there's a just a resonance there's a presence to a tree fruit bearing or not that you know often they will outlive us Mm-hmm. They are incredibly resilient. I mean, there's just all these great metaphors, but there's also this this scientific codependence we have with them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: and I, I've, you know, through the pandemic, spent a lot more time out in nature, and uh, it's kind of like a new love affair with with you know what what trees are and what they bring, and the the amount of respect I think they they really deserve from all of us.
0: Yeah. Do you have any fruit trees of your own or a garden that you like to grow?
1: I do. I do. I'm really fortunate to have fruit trees. Mostly i have one potted one in the back, but they're all up front in the front yard and there's about eight or nine of them. And, um, they have their good years and their bad years right now. The Eureka lemons are exploding, which is exciting. The Myers have some fruit on it. And, um, we had a decent year of Fuji's a not so great year of peaches and um, put in a new lime tree that, that surprisingly bared fruit. Hmm. Um, so yeah, the fruit trees, uh, I tend to really try to stay within the footprint of what the zone is, as far as the climate goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I tried years ago to grow strawberries and it's like, you shouldn't be growing strawberries in the San Fernando Valley. It's just not, it's it's not smart. It's not water efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, Really excited that we live with enough chill hours to do stone fruit, you know. Um, and uh, I am nurturing a tiny Karakara navel orange tree that keeps growing yet only gives me one orange a year. So that's <laughs> kind of sad. I'm not Aww. trying to overcome that, but I'm I'm not giving up on it.
0: That's good. I'm glad. Now, does food forward harvest mostly from individual homes or from bigger entities as well? So
1: we started with, you know, individual homes, backyard harvesting, and that has remained kind of in the core DNA of who we are. We've done, you know, we we started with backyard homes about two or three years into the origin of Food Forward. We added farmer's market gleaning. Mm. Um, but there also was a point in the middle there that we started doing larger orchard orchards where there um, are just multiple trees and it created much more of an event. And there was just great visibility when you had 300 people at the Sea Sun Orchard harvesting, you know, 15,000 pounds of citrus in a day. It was really wow. extraordinary. Yeah. Um, but we added the farmers market program, and then in 2014, after getting numerous nudges and, you know, interesting kind of um, happenstance, we started the wholesale recovery program, which is not just. Individual pieces of fruit, but this is cases and pallets and truckloads of whole of, of wholesale produce that comes from growers, packers, distributors. that uh, That program has eclipsed the poundage of backyard farm and farmers' market.
0: Wow.
1: We are now in the single percentile of fruit coming from those. Yet our secret sauce is that we are high impact in produce and high impact in civic engagement. So if you look at what we call our community programs, which is Backyard Harvest and Farmer's Market, because though there is a staff that runs them from behind the curtain, they are populated by individual volunteers, like people who could engage who are listening to your show. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've done over 2000 of those events this year. Wow. Between Backyard and Farmer's Markets. We're now at 14 Farmer's Markets every week in SoCal, Ventura and Los Angeles. And every week we have volunteers that go out and glean those markets. Uh, in, in in addition to that, we do have um, backyard harvest events from all over, kind of the San Gabriel, San Fernando Valley, West LA, Ventura, and dozens of those are happening every single week. Um, it is again, we we move this year. We will be moving close to seventy million pounds of produce, wow. which again maybe a couple of million would come from backyard and farmers market but that's 400 types of produce on average each year you're seeing really extremely diverse produce which is then completely free of charge passed on to communities in what we hope is a culturally specific and sensitive way so we're bringing you know when we're getting um organic ginger we will often bring that to an Asian community. When we're seeing tomatillos, those will often go to our partners who serve Latin communities. So Food Forward is a solution that's very much B2B. We we can clear 20 truckloads of the same crop, Brussels sprouts coming from Salinas, and get those to any of our 300 partners, 300 plus partners in 12 counties and six additional states. But we also are specialized in knowing that that beautiful box of navel oranges that came from your backyard should go to a food pantry two miles away. So we can work at that huge scale and also work at that more micro community-based scale, which again is what I believe, and we've been told really makes the organization unique. We're not some mega food bank that has no understanding of what slices of niche communities need. And again, all of it's moved completely for free And um, our goal is really consistency with the partners we have. So we don't add as many as we used to because understanding health equity and nutrition equity is about consistent access to fresh produce, not just a one-time drop of a 50 pound carton that you might get at Thanksgiving in a, in a Turkey giveaway, but we want to see our people and folks who are, who are really navigating um, food insecurity, see at least monthly Distributions from us, and, and we really strive to do that.
0: Yeah, and for those who don't have access to fresh produce, where can they find your harvest? Because you mentioned you have 300 plus partners.
1: Right. So if you're in the SoCal area, the best way to understand our our organization and where we donate is to go to foodforward.org, and there's a button there to find food, and you'll see a list of our partners, and then you click through that, and whether it's a place called Home in South LA or SOVA in the Valley or any of the 300 and almost 50 additional agencies, you can find how the food is distributed. Some, in some cases, it's a, a simple giveaway, you know, that you'd show up at a designated time and you just get the produce. In some cases, uh, it is cooked at meals on site and given to, okay. um, you know, elderly folks who are in a low income housing situation or, you know, any, any number of countlessly diverse ways. Most of the food, though, is a redistribution, whether it's bagged or boxed, or it's set up in a kind of market setting. So people in a very dignified way can walk through the experience and take all the tomatoes they want, but they're not so big with grapefruit. So they're going to leave that behind instead of being given a bag that's just been made for, you know, your general public we we prefer those but we we don't discriminate we know all our agencies are doing the best they can and we really try to meet them where they're at
0: that's wonderful and i imagine you well you said at the beginning you felt really good about how this just got a tailwind behind it so what's next for you do you have big plans or any changes that you're trying to make
1: well we are in the final weeks of finalizing a strategic plan for 23 through 25. Um, I'd say as it affects your audience, the biggest thing is we're gonna see a, um, hopefully a real resurgence of rolling back to the number of farmers markets we used to be back pre-pandemic due to so many challenges. We really had to put that program on hold. And it's, you know, being a middle child, it's our middle child, right? so I have a lot of feeling for it. It also is one of our most easily understandable and replicated programs. And so what we're going to try and do is roll it back to not just the original number of markets we were at, which was 24, 25 in 2019, but also add markets of magnitude in different counties that may be neighboring L.A., and so if there are people that want to get involved as volunteers, checking out the farmers market program and signing up for those emails would be great because there are leadership opportunities where once a month we, you know, we call folks glean team leads and they lead the event. They meet all the farmers at the market, they're responsible for the other general volunteers that show up. It's not a huge lift either physically or time-wise but the leadership that we see cultivated in our farmer's market program is super important. Um, So all that to say is um, a resurgence of presence at the farmer's market will be happening next year. And we've recently just gotten a little bit more involved with the whole wholesale produce community.
0: Mm, And we're reaching
1: out to growers, orchard owners, packers, shippers, and we're seeing... You know, again, pre-pandemic, Food Forward was moving about 25 million pounds of produce, which was no small feat. We got our, our first kind of warehouse around that time, just in time for the pandemic, when, as we all know, food insecurity exploded. And now we're moving about 70 million pounds a year. It's so so
0: impressive to watch that little wheel, the the little ticker dialing up on the the homepage.
1: It it moves almost in real time. So cumulatively, we're looking close to 300 million pounds of produce, which is pretty amazing. Um, We've also, you know, absorbed that we've doubled in staff over the last three years. So we're still trying as a smaller nonprofit to absorb all that talent and make sure everybody feels welcome and, you know, fill in hr policies where there might not have been one and 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 really kind of grow into this more adolescent stage as a nonprofit where we'll be 14 years old in uh, January. Mm-hmm. So we're we're really aware that we are not the new kid on the block but we're also not a 40-year-old food bank. We're a very innovative and different approach to ending waste and also environmental change. And so we're we're also going to be very busy raising the money. To fill in that budget, you know, we do what we do for an incredibly efficient seven or eight cents a pound. Wow! When you think about that. It's we're talking a grade heirloom tomatoes or beautiful cauliflower. You can't touch that in the market, let alone even if you're buying it as a food bank. We are able through the relationships we have to keep those costs low. But next year we are anticipating about a six and a half to six point seven million dollar budget, and right now we're in the midst of fundraising. So if people really want to help. They can go to foodforward.org and click on the donate button. Uh, whether it's a $10 donation or 10,000, it all helps us. And again, we are um, ridiculously efficient. We we see our, our produce moving for in that, you know, seven, eight cents a pound and also want to be reaching more audiences. You know, uh, about a year and a half ago, we had a generous funder uh, allow us to get started doing. Uh, more rural and isolated communities, mm. so Food Forward is now out there sending entire truckloads to farmworker communities
0: Wonderful. that are
1: otherwise really cut off. And you know, as someone who documented with a camera, farmworker communities, we feel a really important sense of respect for their their skilled labor, but also to make sure that they too are eating as well as we eat. And it's a it's an injustice that we have the power ability to correct and we are compelled to do it and so we're doing that um, and maybe we'll be growing some of those distributions in the in the coming year.
0: The migrant farm worker community is often the last rung on the ladder and they don't get they don't get the care and support that they need. So that's really wonderful to hear.
1: Yeah, it's it's an important personal mission but I'm really glad it aligns with the values and the mission of Food Forward and that we have funders who really do see the compelling argument to to make sure those distributions continue to happen.
0: Yeah. Now, you mentioned food waste earlier. Food waste is a huge issue. And according to the scientists who compiled the data for the the drawdown project, which I've spoken about a lot on this podcast, reducing and eliminating food waste from landfills is number three on the list of 100 solutions that would make the biggest impact on climate change to reverse climate change. So do you partner also with composting programs to help keep produce out of the landfill if you can't find a home for it? We find
1: a home, believe it or not, for every viable box of produce we have. And mm-hmm. I mean, I say viable meaning that it's fit for consumption. Right. There there's a small percentage of things that we get where, you know, they may not be on the top of the pallet, but you open the pallet of blueberries and lo and behold, they're they're moldy. We're right. not gonna send that food out to anybody. That needs to to find another another home. Meaning um composting, yes. The sad thing is though, Christy, in LA, we have yet to really have the infrastructure for industrial size compost. Yeah. I have a compost bin in my garden. All those, you know, lemons after I've juiced them go in there and so on and so forth. What we're doing more than the composting right now although it's actually part of our strategic plan to make greater inroads on that, is that we are looking at more animal farms Mm -hmm. that can take, you know, not necessarily really fuzzy blueberries, but stuff that's past its prime can go to an animal farmer for feed. So that becomes kind of the tier between human beings and compost. And we have found that whether it's pigs or goats or chickens, that there are um, farmers out there that are kind of hungry, no pun intended, for that kind of solution. What we are doing also is working with the haulers in Southern California of trash to just, at worst, get our stuff into green bins that they are then composting.
0: Yeah, because it's. I know I've spoken with some several people who are trying to do large industrial-scale composting, and there are so many permits in the way, yeah. and regulations in the way from being able to accept or... Uh, you know, have a place for large piles of compost and it's, it's a problem. It's a real big problem. Well,
1: last time we looked into it in any scale, the, the permitting required it be hauled out of County to yeah. neighboring it's, County, which shouldn't be the case. Why? Because it shouldn't be a not in my backyard solution. Yeah. But more importantly, when you put all that wasted produce on a truck and haul it 60 miles what are you doing in the environment with that truck?
0: Right. You've just so, negated the, whole, the exactly. whole carbon. So it,
1: it is yeah. a problem that needs to be uh, given greater attention. We thankfully have uh, some friends at a, a really great uh, state agency called Cal Recycle. They've funded us in the past, but they also have a very progressive and open set of ears for solutions that are at scale. You know, Food Forward's work is is at scale with with a few thousand volunteer events a year and several tens of millions of pounds being recovered, what we do can be replicated and, and can be grown to counties we're not in yet. So I think you might see that also in um, a, the next few years, probably not next year, I don't think we're gonna start doing events outside of LA and Ventura as that has been our, our kind of bread and butter and we know how things work there really well. But it could be that our, our again, we might, um, you know, we recover produce all across the state. You know, we see greens coming from Salinas and we do see, um, you know, produce coming from the Coachella Valley. Um, it's, it is the bread basket, you know, or the vegetable basket of the nation and living in LA and having access to all these trees, all these farmers markets, and of course the produce industry is, is really a gift.
0: It is. We are the salad bowl of the country. <laughs> it's kind of nice. Absolutely. Well, it is tip time. Do you have a favorite tip you'd like to share with the garden nerd audience?
1: Um. Yeah, I, I will. I will say one thing I will do often uh, personally is at the end of a farmer's market. Uh, this is usually more in the summer when we've got this crazy abundance of berries and stone fruit is I. I will go to some of the um, the vendors who have got some fruit that may be starting to not look great. Maybe you're not gonna put it in a fruit salad for your family, but it's definitely not wasted. And I will negotiate with them and they don't wanna throw it out, but they don't. you don't wanna not pay them something for it that feels fair. So you can buy that fruit at a reduced rate and then freeze it. And whether you're using it in smoothies or what I prefer to do is I make jam. Um, that's always a blast. Last weekend with the weather we had, it was perfect jamming weather. And I made um, a, I do a strawberry lime jam and that Mm -hmm. was uh, with strawberries from July. And then um, frozen blueberries, I did a a spice blueberry jam. So jamming, I think is a great option to take fruit that is super ripe and is not going to make it a week and just Wash it, freeze it, and get creative with it.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm curious, does Food Forward post any recipes on their website?
1: We do. If you look in our blog, there's a number of food waste tips. And again, going back to right now, um, part of our Share the Abundance end of year campaign, we are doing our best to raise funds, but we're also posting a number of staff food waste tips. Awesome. And there are some recipes. I think what's great is we've got a search bar up there. I think my recipe for strawberry lime jam is up there somewhere buried in the website. Um, and you can always, you could always email us at info at food forward. I'm happy to share that one. That's become a, a real easy strawberry jams, just like three or four ingredients. And it's so much like great comfort food. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always like at this time of year, a really big kind of gift that I get a lot of requests for.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great tip, Rick. Thank you so much. And thank you for being on the Gardener Tip of the Week podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Christy. Thank you for having me. And thanks for your interest in this issue and for having folks uh, come visit us at foodforward.org.
0: Yeah, well, that was my next question. How do people find you? Are you on social media as well?
1: We are on social. We're on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, for the, for folks who are interested, we actually have a couple of jobs open that, that have recently been posted. You can find those also on the website under join our team. Um, next year, I think we're going to resume some internships, um, nothing right now on that front, but our general volunteer opportunities are there and we are just taking our first big steps into citrus season. Mm -hmm. You know, we're starting to see those tangerines and those navels kind of get really just bright, bright orange. So we have some really wonderful opportunities for people to come out for a couple of hours and get a taste of what Food Forward's all about, whether it's LA, Ventura, Santa Barbara. Um, so that's an opportunity. And again, uh, while they're there, they can throw a few pennies in our in our um, bucket and help us keep doing what we do, which is uh, feed millions of people a year with our um, recovered produce. And again, the, the multiple wins are kind of hard to describe, but there's dozens of them. And yeah. one of them is is hopefully having people you know, join the community.
0: Excellent. Well, all right, garden nerds, you'll find a link to Food Forward's website this week on gardennerd.com. We'll also post links to their social media feeds and ways that you can get involved. That's it for this week. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. Visit us for tons of free gardening information at GardenNerd.com. Show your support for this podcast and the other free stuff on Garden Nerd by becoming a Patreon subscriber. You'll find us on Instagram and Twitter under GardenNerd1, on Facebook as GardenNerd.com, and of course, our Garden Nerd YouTube channel. Happy gardening!